Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. All right, guys, welcome in here. It's another edition of the Early Line on the Grid, SportsGrid.com. Joe Ranieri alongside Dane Martinez here as we... Uh, as we uh, head into this uh, this weekend here, Dane, it's uh, the storylines continue to uh, form around. Of course, the NFL is the only league at this particular point who has, well, their calendar hasn't changed all that much just yet. So we do have the draft, of course, uh, coming up while uh, many of the other sports leagues continue to be in limbo at this particular point, baseball, hockey, NBA. Uh, we already know of cancellations because of insurance purposes. And uh, who'd have thunk it, Dane, that these, uh, these big tournaments like the British Open and, and yeah. Wimbledon and uh, even March Madness, for that matter, have all been tied into insurance payments. So they have to be very careful about how they and when they go ahead and cancel the tournaments. Uh, thus, of course, rendering many of these tournaments unable to play because of that insurance policy there and it's millions and we learned a couple of numbers behind it so we'll share that a little bit later and it's no wonder why the events in july maybe impossibly further they're going yeah no like we're good like it's over it's done uh cut your losses while you can so to speak uh but it's also important to understand that not every event has this kind of insurance i mean who the heck would have thought of pandemic insurance like you would have some policies, from what I understand, don't even carry pandemic. So it's anything, it's not even listed. So, and far be it from insurance companies to want to pay anything out. Uh, you know, they'll collect the premiums, but they're certainly, uh, if there's just a little bit of wording that's wrong, guess what? You ain't getting your cash. So uh, it's interesting to see how that goes. And I do think moving forward, they're an event, Jane, you're going to see not a circus, not a fair, not... There ain't nothing going to risk losing uh, that kind of money on an annual basis without that kind of insurance. So uh, very interesting to see how that all goes. But the NFL continues to provide us uh, headlines here. And uh, the weekend is filled with actually a pretty darn big event, eh, which we're going to talk about, WrestleMania. Uh, and I can't believe it because WrestleMania, even when it first started, right, back right. in the late 80s, early 90s, Yep. It was always right around this time of year. It was always yes. like, I remember Easter, and I remember WrestleMania. Yep. It was always right around April um, when it would take place. So sure enough, I don't know, was it WrestleMania 336, I think? Um, it is WrestleMania 36. 36, uh, okay. Uh, 30, well, it uh, feels like 360 of them have been uh, here. Yeah, the first one was in the mid-'80s at Madison Square Garden, Hulk Hogan, yep. Andre the Giant, King Kong Bundy, Mr. Oh. D. You know the names, and it continues to be a spectacle. We'll talk about it a little bit later on, although it, like everything else in the entertainment and mm-hmm. the sports world, is uh, they have to adjust yes. from their normal plans. Yes, absolutely. So uh, there will be, I know, a lot of eyeballs on the television screens uh, throughout the weekend here for WrestleMania 36. And, um, you know, we'll take a quick look at it because it is split up, I believe, Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. So it's two-night affair. Uh, here, so you'll guys will you'll have something on there, sports fans, and I do know a number of folks that actually uh, had placed some wagers already on some of these matchups. So Dane is definitely the 
Uh, the you uh, hit last year, Joe. Everyone you I did exactly. Remember that you you it's ran true. the board. <laughs> and you were like, oh, what about yep. this guy? Like this one is our lock. Yep. And we came through yep. on it. So and there was that Randall Rousey's appearance last year. Was that that, that, that was yes, Ronda that was Rousey it. Was yep. in last year's WrestleMania. Yep. She ultimately lost her championship at WrestleMania last year to a woman named Becky Lynch. I told you that was going to happen. Right. And there is buzz mm-hmm. this year that Ronda may make a, a return appearance. I don't really? know if I buy that just yet. Because that, that woman, Becky Lynch, who was yeah. kind of, you know, won last year at WrestleMania, has been the champ since then. Right. She is fighting someone, Joe, named Shayna Baszler, okay. who has legitimate UFC background, okay? And was on Ronda Rousey's UFC reality show. <laughs> Okay, so this is a woman who was in kind of NXT, Shayna Baszler, kind of Mm -hmm. the uh, developmental league, was dominating there, and only a month or two ago came up, attacked Becky Lynch to set up this fight. And so because of her UFC history, some people are trying to either, you know, have the rumors out there or connect the dots that maybe this could be a reason for Rousey to return to kind of stick it back to Becky Lynch and help out her uh, UFC uh, kind of, uh, you know, sister in arms. I, I love it. I, I love the storylines. I love the, uh, you know, the opportunity to be able to, especially right now, be able to have those, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. I, I've always been amazed, Dan, and I'll say it from yeah. down to ever. It was wrestling, of course, was a big part of a lot of people's childhoods. Right. Uh, and it's always been something I found that seems to be passed down from generation to generation. Um, like I told you, there are some places here in Miami uh, that, have these backyard wrestling matches like every week. It, I mean, some shady crap, but some fun stuff, and they just love it. It's like everybody wants to be, I've noticed this too, everybody at some particular point who follows wrestling has actually wanted to be a wrestler in, in some way, shape, or form growing up. They had, you know, they love guys so much. I mean, you talked about where WrestleMania is in Orlando. Um, I did not realize how huge the minor leagues of wrestling are and how hard it is to get it. Like, guys are, people go and they pay money to watch these, you know, nobody you know. I mean, it's like going to a minor league baseball game, really. But they pack them out in Orlando, man. That minor leagues is just huge. I did not realize what kind of moneymaker that is and how tough it is to actually uh, get into to be a wrestler because there's a lot of dudes trying. Yeah, there absolutely is. And, you know, even in the 70s and 80s, Joe, you know, wrestling was really like a regional thing, right? right? You would have it all over the country, these kind of smaller federations, guys on the road, you know, driving around to gym after gym. Honestly, (laughs) Joe, um, you know, Vince McMahon, the yes. McMahon in WWE, what they did was, you know, kind of over time in the 80s, consolidate all that. And at first, people thought that it was a monopoly. Right. Okay. And they kind of, you know, um, mm-hmm. had claims against that. And there's been other smaller federations, whether it be WCW, ECW. Now you have AEW that are challenging them. But yes, obviously, WWE is still king in the sports entertainment industry. It was set, Joe, WrestleMania, for this Sunday at Raymond James Stadium down yes. there in Tampa, which you know can handle, what, 70,000, 80,000 yep. people? But just like people are not congregating in NBA arenas or MLS yep. stadiums or Major League Baseball, that is not going to happen. So they, you know, they got lemons. They're making lemonade out of it, Absolutely. Joe. What they are doing mm-hmm. is changing what is usually a one-night epic, you know, event. in-person event. 
they are splitting it up and making it a two-night television event. So there'll be about three hours on Saturday night and three hours on Sunday night, which I think is smart marketing, Joe. We've talked about it as it relates to the mm -hmm. NFL draft even, right? These made-for-TV events will have eyeballs on it, whether it's the draft or Tiger versus Phil or whatever the case may be. People are starting to get creative on how to produce a, uh, a TV kind yep. of event, and WrestleMania is certainly no different. I, absolutely correct, and, and it's, uh, it's going to be a fun weekend for that, and uh, anybody that's ever watched wrestling, I mean, heck, listen, I... At some point, you know, you got to flip the channel there and see, all right, who, who we got here, because the names are certainly very popular, and maybe, not, maybe you don't know the backstories, but you'll know the names, and of course, yeah. it is something to kill a couple hours with, have a good time, and uh, it's always been great entertainment, and it will continue uh, to be so. Certainly, uh, the pay-per-view numbers are going to be uh, through the roof this weekend for it. So, congratulations, Vince. Uh, it didn't work out necessarily all that great uh, this year for the XFL, but uh, WrestleMania and wrestling alive and well, uh, and it'll be fun uh, to kill a couple of hours. But yeah. the NFL, it is still business as usual. It'll be interesting also to see what UFC does because yeah, still no word on, uh, what are we, a couple of weeks away, Dane, from we know it ain't happened in Brooklyn. No, but you know that uh, that Khabib and uh, and Tony Ferguson fight, which has already been canceled four or five times prior, Khabib's still in Russia, can't get out, uh, can't get a flight out, can't leave. Uh, so I don't know how he's going to do it. And people have been trying to get in touch with Dana White and be like, "What's going on?" And they refuse at this particular point to be like, "Sorry, we're wiping our hands, we can't do it." Um, everything coming out of the UFC is that, yeah, we're going to, you know, we're, we're, we're taking it day by day. We're going to see what we can do. Uh, that's fascinating from the standpoint of, will they do it live? Um, how did they do it live? Can they get them in there? Do they have it without the main event anyway? Uh, which I think if that's the possibility and the rest of the fighters are here in the country and they can find a location, I think they're going to do everything in their power to make sure that they have at least some content, some matches, some fights going on, no matter where they can get it done at. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. You know, that card was set mm -hmm. two weeks from today, okay? We're here now on Saturday, April 4th, and this was supposed to happen Saturday, April 18th. So in two weeks, you know, they Dana White's going to have to make a decision, right? right. Are they going to, you know, just close up shop or have it be, you know— a limited card, and just like, you know, we're talking about, say, the NBA, right? Could they bring everyone together in one location, right. quarantine them, test them all, and try to put this on with just, you know, limited uh, kind of entourages, no fans, and, and a skeleton production crew? Right. I think that is the decision a lot of leagues, teams are facing. Can the show still go on? Right in some way and you're balancing obviously the health concern with the growing need to see that you know sports sports entertainment what mm -hmm. happens and fill the void and really be a big part of this country feeling some sense of normalcy yeah. as we shelter in place and uh, i thought it was good too we got some uh we got some uh, knowledge uh, that was given to us from the nfl chief uh, yeah. uh chief medical officer which i thought was fascinating too over the uh, uh over the weekend and regarding about for the 2020 NFL season to start on time, which has been a topic of conversation, obviously, uh, for a lot of people, a lot of folks worried about college football and the, you know, and the ramifications of not having a college season are certainly uh, tremendous. But the NFL starting on time, and I thought it was interesting, 
uh, that they were asked, Dr. Alan Stills, and he is in charge of the medical, really. It's, it's you know, he's the guy that all will go through once, uh, once things do start to get back to normal. And he said it really all depends on the ability to be able to test these players and how they can test them uh, in order for it to be able to start on time and, heck, even be able to start at all. A lot of it is going, they are going to have to be able to test these players quickly and at a rapid pace is what it sounds like to me, Dave. Like that's, there's going to be temperature checks. I mean, it sounds to me like there's a, there's going to be a lot of procedures that have to be in place for the NFL to be able to take the field. And uh, he made it very clear that one of the critical factors determining starting on time, being able to get that test quickly and know whether or not a player um, has contracted the, uh, the coronavirus or if they are good to go. Because let us not forget, a lot of people not having symptoms here uh, doesn't mean they don't have it. So at the same time, I got to know within 10 minutes, Dana, of being able to let that player out on the, out on the field. Yeah. Absolutely. So Dr. Alan Sills is the chief medical officer for the NFL. He's in essence the Dr. Fauci of the NFL, right? So, and here's the quote, Joe, as long as we're still in a place where a single individual tests positive for the virus, that you have to quarantine every single person who was in contact with them in any shape, form, or fashion, I don't think you can think about reopening a team sport, right? right? I talked about people that are asymptomatic, being able to still have it or still be carriers and still transmit it. I think that is a real concern. And at this point, at least, I know there's a lot of smart people working on it, mm-hmm. but at this point, at least, we do not have the technology or the science to you know, test everybody this efficiently. Right. And so obviously the risk on the other side is that there is a case, an unknown case or an asymptomatic case among these athletes or entourage or team employees that just right back sparks it all off. That's right. And that is the problem. We talk about social distancing as well. Well, if there's people that are carriers out there not socially distancing, then, you know, we don't really have the clock on the 14 days or the 30 days, whatever it is, because we go right back to square one. And that is the especially challenging part of this, um, you know, of this kind of weapon we still have at our disposal against COVID-19. And there has been a, uh, an extreme uh, push, too, and the message around the NFL because of those uh, that you just talked about there, uh, Dane, with the, hey, once a player is learned, it learns to have it, that the ability to be able to quarantine them and everyone they've come in town is, right. a, is, a, tricky, is a tricky situation. Um, so that is why there is an extensive push right now in the NFL and a plea to players to make sure their asses stay home and stay away from situations that uh, would, you know, jeopardize them contracting the virus. So social distancing, they keep talking about it and they keep telling the players uh, because, like you said, it will be a domino effect. And once one goes down, then everybody and anybody, including other players that have been around, goes down. And that is not a good scenario at all for the league. So certainly at this point, will it be different down the road? But I got to tell you, the importance of players standing by the, you know, stay at home and do not go out and let this thing run its course through the end of the month is paramount because the more and more of these players, and they've got friends, they they congregate, the more they want to go work out, we're good. It, it, no, like that is just not the way to go about it. So I think the NFL has got to put their foot down from now through the end of the month and hammer home that 
keep your asses home, guys, because if you want to start on time, you want to get that paycheck, you want, then we can't be having players popping up all over the place not following the rules. In essence, if you want to have a summer and a fall in this country, you have to follow directions in the spring. Yep. Right? Like, we will not have a summer, we will not have a fall unless we do follow the orders, take it seriously, do the right thing this spring. And, Joe, this brings up something else that, you know, I kind of mentioned about a week or two ago even. Mm-hmm. You know, these leagues want to be able to do, you know, open up or yep. set policy. But, Joe, they're going to be at the mercy of cities, states, and the government. You know, yep. like, they could want to do whatever they can, but if, you know, X state or this city is still literally locked down, it ain't going to happen. You know what I mean? So a lot of these leagues and a lot of the entertainment industry is going to be dictated to by the government. You know, whether that's a governor, a mayor, um, you know, the vice president, the president, whatever the case may be, I really think that they're just going to have to kind of listen to whatever restrictions, requirements, regulations, or laws are put in place. Yeah, and it doesn't help when you have, uh, you know, a uh, Ravens quarterback and Lamar Jackson posting uh, non-compliant social distancing with his brother and uh, A.B. and uh, even Dak Prescott to releasing. Like, guys, it's Roger Goodell needs to step up and needs to put and make it very well known, guys. You know, we get it, especially professional athletes thinking that they're invincible. Uh, It's not about you. Uh, It's about the league itself is if you start dropping down, two weeks becomes another two weeks becomes another two weeks. And who did they talk? And you start going down that list. So I think he needs to make sure everybody understands, and that's your job as the commissioner, Roger Goodell, is make sure these players are following the protocol here to the end of the month, and public officials can, can't say, see, told you, uh, I think the start of the league is dependent upon them, including Major League Baseball and yeah. everything else as well down the line. So... Uh, we'll have more on that. Of course, the NFL not sleeping. There have been some uh, uh, some signings. Uh, we'll let you know what those are and who they're with, and we'll do that coming up next year on The Grid. It is the early line, sportsgrid.com. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. All right, guys, welcome back in here to the early line on this uh, on this uh, first weekend here in April, I think, right? I, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can't believe it's April They're already. It's kind of flow together. Already. It really is. I mean, I, I've, I, it's happened a lot where uh, over the last couple of weeks, Dane, I know you and I <laughs> will have conversations and... Today is what? We'll be like, what? Wait, wait, what? Did you say what? Tuesday? Was it Thursday? I thought it was Friday. It was... Uh, and I know it's happening to a lot of other folks, too where you just, time seems to be standing still here uh, for a lot of us. And really, Tuesday feels like a Wednesday. When everything feels like a Wednesday. I, I don't know. Like, every, like, even on the weekends, I'm like, uh, if it's a Wednesday, it feels like kind of a Wednesday, yeah, Thursday. But instead, Joe, we're the ones getting effed. Yeah, right. It, it, <laughs> it's so true, man. It is, man. So true. So we, uh, we're trying to put it together here, though, but it's a big, uh, listen, exciting weekend anyway because of uh, WrestleMania going on Saturday and Sunday. Obviously, you guys 
are going to be able to enjoy some uh, some wrestling there. And Dane will uh, dive into some of these matchups here because he is the resident uh, WrestleMania uh, guy here, the WrestleMania handicapper, and uh, he killed it last year. And that was at MetLife. Where was that? It was. It was right. Yeah, yeah. It was at MetLife, yeah, and uh, he was just on fire, man. Every match he gave us ended up winning, so that was uh, quite a profitable WrestleMania there. So he'll go over that. And uh, we do have, of course, some NFL news here uh, and notes that we uh, continue to get uh, information on. And one of the first ones that uh, we found out and I thought was uh, interesting, Dane, from the standpoint of he could have gone and maybe even gotten money somewhere else, more money somewhere else. And this guy has been, uh, every time we want to stick a fork in him, uh, because he goes like those eight or nine game stretches where it's like, where'd he go? He'll mm. end up having these three touchdowns, four touchdowns, and two week kind of, like, and then all of a sudden we're like, oh, God, you got, you got to have him. And Sammy Watkins does it again. Buffalo Bills fans still, uh, I mean, he is the epitome of... <laughs> inconsistent with greatness attached to it. It's just absolutely amazing to me. And we even said it during the season this year. I remember we're doing pro football today. And Sammy Watkins for the first couple of weeks had like four touchdowns, five touchdowns in a couple of weeks. And you and I are like, I don't think, oh, don't buy. And then he disappeared. And then right. he absolutely disappeared. And, uh, and then, of course, during the playoffs, you know, I'm fading the crap out of Sammy Watkins because he's nowhere to be found and he goes off for the thing. So, um, but what he did was, and the Chiefs have a ridiculous, I mean, laughable guys amount of salary cap room. They have pretty much none. Um, so the question, one of the quick big questions was, all right, what are you going to do? You signed Tariq Hill. Mahomes is still coming up. Like, so what are we doing here? And um, Sammy Watkins took less money which I thought was interesting. He restructured his, uh, his deal in order to be able to, I think it's a base of about $9 million. Um, so $5 million for the Chiefs. Yeah, and listen, if, I, if I'm a wide receiver, I'm coming off the Super Bowl, right? I got the ring and I have Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. You bet your ass I'm going to take less money, right? You know, I'll take a few extra bucks. So I got no problem. He can earn another $7 million, it says, in... Uh, in uh, all sorts of incentives. And judging by the way, he has these ridiculous stretches there, usually in the beginning and the, the middle of the season, he's nowhere to be found. But in the beginning and the end, um, fantastic. But this was, I think, the final year. He was heading into that final year of a three-year, $48 million contract. So um, now they've kind of lowered it. It fits within for everybody. He's happy. Uh, Patrick Mahomes has a, another reliable target that he'll be throwing to this year. So uh, well done on, on all parts there. It's amazing what winning will do. Yeah, absolutely. I'm reminded going into the playoffs and into the Super Bowl, them calling the Chiefs wide receiver core yeah. the Legion of Zoom. Zoom, yeah. Instead of the Legion of Boom, right? You know about Tyreek Hill, Sammy oh. Watkins is a speedster, and don't forget about the kid as well, Mecole Hardman. Mm-hmm also is able to do that, stretch the defense. Then you have Travis Kelsey underneath. You know, what I found interesting of this is that now, Joe, the Chiefs are able to return 10 of their 11 starters on offense. Only uh, left guard was Mooski not coming back for this obvious Super Bowl caliber offense. Here's the other thing you mentioned. You know, you talked about over the football season, Joe, kind of the inconsistency, right? And how it was hard to peg if this was going to be one of those weeks that uh, is a value for Sammy Watkins. We'd have our guy, you know, Drew Dinkmeyer come on and say that 
he's a great tournament kind of play in DFS because he's the perfect way to kind of, you know, zig when others are zagging. And if he goes off, like he did at the beginning of the season, like he did really throughout the playoffs, then it gives you a chance in kind of these DFS tournaments. Yep. I want to get a little bit of an education here real quick, Joe, because mm-hmm. you know, I do the fantasy football. There yes. are different formats of fantasy football, Joe, and one of them is called best ball. Okay. okay? And in a best ball format, Joe, you draft your team. Okay, but there are no uh, pickups up and down waiver wire throughout the year. And your bench doesn't matter. You know how everyone is always, oh, should I start this guy or this guy? Right. And obviously you make the wrong decision every single week. You know what I mean? In a best ball format, it takes all that stuff off the table. Okay, and what your your point total for the week is automatically calculated by what would have been your optimum starting lineup. Okay. And, and so I tell people all the time, Sammy Watkins is a phenomenal best ball kind of receiver, okay? Yep. Because, you know, nine out of the 16 weeks, he's not in your starting lineup. <laughs> but those weeks when he yep. goes off, yep. he has the ability to, con- like, literally help you win that week, you know, as a best ball player. Think about it as a, like a Deshaun Jackson, mm-hmm. Joe, you know, or a Will Fuller kind of wide receiver on the weeks when they go off, they truly help you out. And so Sammy Watkins is a perfect example, Joe, of someone who actually gets their stock elevated. If you are in a best ball format, as you can imagine, right? Those three, four weeks, you don't know when they're going to happen. So it's kind of, you know, frustrating for a regular owner to decide, do I start them this week or not? But in a best ball format, he is a guy you want to have, especially on that offense. And it looks like the chiefs, are bringing the gang back together for one more run. Just so you know just how, how crazy it is. Uh, he led, right? Uh, his season was 52 passes, 673 yards, 52 okay. catches, uh, 673 yards, and three touchdowns. Right. Um, he led the team in receiving in the playoffs, guys, at 288 yards. Like, he was that guy. Right. Now, granted, that's it, 288 yards and probably five catches, but... He was just absolutely there when Mahomes needed him, and uh, it didn't work out. Couldn't stay healthy uh, with Buffalo. Goes to uh, goes to Kansas City. It all seems to have uh, have worked out there, and he will remain there, and they will remain, uh, you know, dangerous. I do believe it is Demarcus Robinson signed. They signed him as well. They did say they re-signed him. Like okay, a one-year deal, like right. a one-year deal, absolutely. Okay. And let me further illustrate the point. Okay, Joe, Sammy Watkins as best ball. Right. Right. Okay. Week one of the season, yeah, he would have been in your best ball lineup. Nine for 198 and three touchdowns in the season opener, right? But then you get, you know, week four against Detroit, three for 54. Right. Week five against Indy, squadoosh, bagels Mm -hmm. across it. Week 11 against the Chargers and their good secondary, Joe, two for 26. Yep. Like, that's not going to get the job done, right? But then... In the playoffs, again, like you were mentioning, that game against Tennessee, he dominated Joe 7 for 114 and a touchdown, even in the Super Bowl, 5 for 98. So you can see these kind of feast or famine wide receivers that are usually over-the-top threats, like a Sean Jackson. When they pop off, they do it big time. So the best ball format, something for you guys to definitely consider Mm -hmm. Sammy Watkins worth more than in regular formats. Yeah, also interesting enough, uh, that comes with a no-trade clause in Sammy Watkins' uh, contract. So 
Uh, he can't be used as uh, trade bait there uh, during the season in case things start to go hard left. But uh, great signing. I know Mahomes is, uh, is happy about it. I don't know what they're going to do when they got to pay Mahomes. It's going to be very interesting to figure that out. Uh, but, uh, but listen, it's, the gang is all back, and they will, should be the favorites once again um, to be able to uh, repeat there as the offensive side of the ball, what won them pretty much the, uh, the championship. Defense got uh, better as the season on, but it was that the offense be able to turn it on in certain situations uh, was the difference, and they've got the guys back. An offense that did not uh, impress in any way, shape, or form uh, last year was the Chicago Bears. And so they are doing anything. Ryan Pace, the general manager there, who is absolutely on the hot seat here, guys. Um, he went and made a trade uh, for Nick Foles uh, to get Nick Foles in that horrific contract that Jacksonville gave him. Uh, well, now he's the Bears' problem, but the problem is they also drafted Mitch Trubisky, uh, number two overall, a couple of years back. And I, for some reason, Ryan Pace and company, they started uh, right after the season listing Trubisky as the starting quarterback, and then they traded for Foles. Mm -hmm. uh, so a lot of people are going, eh, what are you, what's going on? Well, uh, on Friday, they had a press conference in the morning, and uh, both Matt Nagy, the coach, and Ryan Pace um, have changed their tune considerably, given the fact that just a month ago, uh, before free agency started, he, it was Trubisky all the way. There wasn't even any questions, and it was one of those, ah, what are you even asking us for? That's ridiculous. Uh, well, not anymore, because now they're saying, because of the addition of Nick Foles, which, by the way, you went out and got, uh, now there's going to be an absolute competition. We are having an open game. Nobody's going to be handed anything. Trubisky's not just the starter. He's got to earn it. So does Nick Foles, yada, yada. So, okay, open competition and all, but that is, that is a really mixed signal, man, coming out of Chicago. And uh, we talked about it. I don't think Nagy's got a problem at all. Even with Trubisky and, and knowing that he was a number two pick, this is the year he's got to, if he's not the starting quarterback come game one, or they have any questions with him, I don't think Nagy will have a problem going with Nick Foles and, and putting his hat. And let's face it, um, job, both of these guys exactly. on the line here with these two. Yeah, when you talk about Nagy, when you talk about mm -hmm. Pace, right, at some point, they've got to get into, you know, protectionism mode yes. of their own reputation and their own job. That's right. I, I, you know, I don't know how many times I've said it already on the early line, and I know you agree, Joe, when you get it wrong in the yeah. top 10 for your starting quarterback, it can push you back for years. Yeah. I always talk about the Jaguars who thought Blake Bortles was the guy, and I have been contrasting that with the Bears going to get Mitchell Trubisky, uh, trading up a pick yep. to go get Mitchell Trubisky. And Joe, it doesn't help that literally, you know, somewhere in the 10 picks after that, Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes were selected by other teams. So it kind of even puts more egg on the face, right? Mm -hmm. And so you and I have been saying it. We don't think Mitchell Trubisky is a leader of men or a franchise quarterback. And to be quite honest, Joe, I think the, deck, the deck is stacked in favor for Nick Foles. We talk about mm -hmm. kind of experience with a coaching staff, familiarity with a scheme. Well, listen, the quarterback coach there in Chicago now is John DiFilippo. Right. Was with him in Jacksonville, was with him in Philly. The offensive coordinator was with him in Philly, Bill Razor. Nagy himself comes from the Doug Peterson, Andy Reid kind of system. So this is very familiar 
for Nick Foles to step into. Yeah. I'm telling you right now, yes, they're even saying at that press conference yesterday, Trubisky will be like taking the first snap in OTAs whenever That's it fine. happens. But I'm going to tell you right now, Joe, if you ask me to make a decision who will be under center when the Bears take their first snap in week one, mm-hmm. I, I'll say it's Nick Foles. I think Nick Foles will outplay Mitchell Trubisky, will beat him out if this is, in fact, an open competition. And to take it a step further, I only think they're framing it this way to kind of, like, have kid gloves with Trubisky's ego. Yeah, listen, I, I don't have a problem because prior to this, Mitchell Trubisky, um, there was no competition. He knew it was his job. This, there was no way that, um, yeah, there was no way that they were going to go, um, you know, to the backup in any way, shape, or form. The you know, chase it just wasn't going to happen. Uh, so he knew that, for better or for worse, he was going to be the guy. This is a different. This is a different animal. They, uh, they have not committed to the fifth-year option. They have not committed for him long term. He knows what's at it, and we've seen this before, Dane. It's amazing sometimes where you, you put athletes, you put guys in a corner, and now all of a sudden you throw in a little, a little competition, and you know your ass and your career is on the line. You, you plan on getting that next contract, my friend. Um, well, they're not just going to ride out and see what happens with you this year. Uh, your ass could be on the bench and be a backup rather quickly. So I'll give them the – I agree with what they've done. Um, I think you have to, honestly, because of the move you made, going up a spot, getting them, passing on Mahomes, the optics of it are terrible right now. But, man, you got to see what this guy is when you got a lighter fire under his ass. I mean, and uh, I think this is what they're doing, seeing what he is made of. Maybe, just maybe, he, you know, he comes in there and impresses and, and makes everybody look good. But I think without a Nick Foles type of situation, without that worry, that you ain't starting a damn season and you could be relegated to the bench. I I don't know that you ever truly know what you have in an athlete and a player until that time. They say pressure bursts pipes. They pressure also makes I agree with it. Yeah, absolutely. Find out which way Mitchell Trubisky responds. I think you're absolutely right. The, the level of threat to his job was not there. No, in the first few years in Chicago. And if nothing else, Nick Foles provides, you know, option B, whether the, and, and I would not be surprised if veterans in that locker room mm-hmm. start to chirp about favoring option B. You know what I mean, Joe? He's got to show it. Yeah, he's got to show it. Yep. Now, yep. and guess what? When Blake Bortles had to show it, it didn't happen. He's now a backup with the Rams. Yes. When Mariota had to show it, it didn't happen. They went to Tannehill. He's now a backup for the Raiders. When Jameis... You know, they opted for other ways in Tampa. He may now be a backup. And the idea of what lies before Trubisky could be the same thing. But you're right, Joe. It's sink or swim time for good old Mitchell. Absolutely. uh, Absolutely correct. So um, there are some other storylines, even with guys that uh, we know, that a lot is going to happen here over the next couple of months on a lot of different levels, including uh, some guys gotten to earn their spot. I think you're going to see the same thing in uh, Las Vegas. Uh, with the Raiders, I think with Mariota and, yep. um, you know, and Carr, you're going to see that. Uh, just like we saw it last year, worked out. I mean, and, and guys see this. You, you see what Tannehill did last year, right? I mean, it's, it's out there. You see the Ryan Fitzpatrick. The stories are out there. Now the question is, what does a Jameis Winston do in, in his situation? How does a Cam Newton do? Andy right. Dalton. Guys displaced. You know, it's going to be interesting. We'll touch, ba- uh, we'll touch base. 
on some of those possible changes coming up, plus a look at WrestleMania. We'll do that next year on The Grid. It's the early line. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. And welcome back into the early line here on The Grid, sportsgrid.com. Dane Martinez and Joe Ranieri here on a, uh, a beautiful weekend and certainly hope it is, uh, it is you are safe and uh, where you are at right now, enjoying a little, uh, maybe a little sunshine, a little air outside, keeping your distance away from others, social distancing, don't forget. Uh, but uh, again, plenty going on this weekend. Obviously, horse racing still uh, happening. Uh, some uh, Belarus handball matches that you may want to dive into. Uh, some soccer, some uh, some rugby, esports, uh, obviously continuing. And uh, oh yeah, also this thing called WrestleMania taking center stage uh, over this weekend, yep. uh, which I am guaranteed will be a absolute hit in many homes around the country here this weekend. And uh, Dane, of course, our resident WrestleMania. A uh, handicapper here uh, cleared the just cash cha-ching with the cash register Don't last year. Expectations up too high. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying, man. I mean, that was you know we we kind of <laughs> asked you like two weeks out last year yeah. when right. it was at MetLife when Rounder and uh, yeah, you you pretty much cleared the board there with uh, everyone you thought was going to win. Now there was some chalk, but I mean a lot of this is chalky uh, to begin with. So we'll dive into some of these uh, matches up over here and what people need right. to know. So in case you are so inclined, if you can find some odds on these, and uh, or even if you just want to bet with your friends, uh, obviously some opportunities to do there, as this is going to be uh, one of the biggest live events around the world, guys. This is going to be absolutely crazy. Um, why don't we do this? Uh, why don't we start with the big favorites here? Sure. All right, I'll throw out a couple of names, and then you sure. obviously big favorites for a reason. So if I was to say... Um, or again, put a parlay card. What if I was to say a parlay card of I like Alistair this. Black, yes. who's coming in at minus 500. Now, right off the bat, so you're saying yes. So Alistair Black is... Alistair Black, he's facing Bobby Lashley. Okay. And let me tell you something. Um, Bobby Lashley, you know, was a wrestler, a strong man, mm -hmm. a UFC fighter. But what you have to do a lot of times here in WrestleMania and handicapping thing, this is what kind of launches people's profile moving forward, right? In the storylines of it all, Joe. And Alistair Black, the guy you mentioned, he is, he's a future WWE champion, Joe. Right. Okay, this is a guy who is like, has a rocket attached to his back. They haven't had him lose a single game. He has an aura around him. So I think he's deserving minus 500. Unfortunately, Bobby Lashley is going to be just kind of a, a crush job. I think that is probably one of the biggest locks because big things are in store for Alistair Black. I think they are hyping up his character to be kind of untouchable. I actually think he will be one of the champions later on sometime in this year. There's no way they kind of uh, have a blow to his image 
or his reputation with a loss to someone who's kind of going in the other direction in terms of their perception in Bobby Lashley. So, yes, um, if you want to lay five bills on it, go ahead. But I like the way you're thinking, putting together a parlay card. Yes, Alistair Black needs to be in it. Got to be at the top there. I love yeah. those. Uh, anytime, uh, you know, word uh, guaranteed is used, I love this. Uh, How about Bray Wyatt? Also minus 500 seems okay. to be the big favorite uh, of a night as well. What do you think? So Bray Wyatt is a very, this is a very interesting storyline, Joe. Okay, Bray Wyatt has kind of evolved into this other character. Joe, and he's called The Fiend. I actually think they've done a great job with this guy's character. Wow. He has like a split personality, Joe, okay? And one of them is kind of like this weird, almost like Pee Wee Herman's Playhouse kind of mm-hmm. guy. And then he also turns into this like demonic character, demonic character called nice. The Fiend, okay? He is fighting a name you've heard of and anybody has heard of, whether you're a wrestling fan or not, Joe. Mm-hmm. He's fighting John Cena. Oh, wow. Okay? And while you would think John Cena is a huge name, the way they are putting this forward is that, you know, uh, about five years ago or six years ago, they fought at WrestleMania, okay? okay? John Cena won, kind of embarrassed him. And they are saying the way they're framing this is that it was that loss that made Bray Wyatt kind of like question himself and go into the darkness depths of his character and, you know, become... The Fiend. And here's the other thing, Joe. The Fiend. Remember, remember when I told you, like, last year that there were news that Ronda Rousey was going to dro- try and start yes. her family, and so she was going to drop the belt. She wasn't going to win. Yep. John Cena, as you know, is a Hollywood movie star. Of course. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's a different okay. time, yeah. Like The Rock. Exactly. Yep. And so, you know, this is kind of being built. Yeah, they're bringing John Cena back. But he's a part-time wrestler, right. in essence, right now. And this Fiend character is another character that they are truly building up. And so, you know, I am expecting the narrative for it to be that, you know, Bray Wyatt as the Fiend is kind of like putting all his old kind of demons right. in the closet to bed. And John Cena is not a full-time wrestler anymore. He's going to have like right. three months off to go film another movie, you know. So I honestly believe not only will Bray Wyatt the Fiend beat John Cena, but I think it's going to be a resounding and sort of violent victory to really kind of make a point. Yeah, Bray Wyatt's going to win this weekend. All right, so then uh, a couple of favorites there with Alistair Black, Bray Wyatt. I'm going to finish the card with uh, with one of your all-time favorites there. How about The Undertaker at minus 400 bucks? The Undertaker is an interesting case, okay? There was something uh, WWE fans will know that The Undertaker, and this goes back to, you know, kind of how long he's been there, right, Mm -hmm. Joe? You know the name The Undertaker, even from the 90s or what have you. Joe, um, there was a time where what was really hyped up was that The Undertaker had a streak of never losing at WrestleMania, Joe. Right, right. He went 21 years in a row without ever losing at WrestleMania. About five or six years ago, the man who ended that streak and finally beat The Undertaker at WrestleMania is a name you've heard of, Joe. Mm-hmm. Brock Lesnar yep. did that, okay, and kind of ended this streak. And here's the thing, Joe. The Undertaker is another one of these part-time wrestlers, yep. okay? He doesn't do a full set. So, like, do you really think they're bringing him back just to lose? Yep. You know what I mean? And so, I, unlike Cena where they're hyping up the Bray Wyatt character. The AJ Styles character, I don't know that he has that cachet. He has been a champion in WWE and in other wrestling, uh, but I think he's kind of 
the sacrificial lamb for the Undertaker. Although, I will say, there is a greater chance that The Undertaker loses than, say, Aleister Black or The Fiend in this scenario. So while I like The Undertaker, mm-hmm. I'm not going to lay the minus 400 or whatever it is. So yep. instead of making it a trifecta, my card will be an exacta, Joe, of Aleister Black and The Fiend together um, out of the heavy favorites. If there is a shocker, it would be that The Undertaker loses. All right. Well, I, you know, to your point, The Undertaker... Uh, WrestleMania seven victory over Jimmy Superfly Snooker wow. is wow. what uh, is what started it all, guys. And just like 91, 92, something think like about that, that guys. Yeah. Uh, that is crazy. It'd be Jimmy Superfly to end uh, to start his stretch there of yeah. victories in uh, WrestleMania. Crazy yeah. to think it's been that long. Uh, <laughs> it's unbelievable. The Black and the Fiend. When we're yeah, talking, there, fiend, there you go. Week. We will be talking about victories they had. All right, that. so we got a couple of other matches uh, going on here of interest. Uh, that uh, actually numbers aren't that bad. We've got uh, Otis at minus one sixty taking on Dolph Ziggler plus one twenty. Might there be sure. a uh, might there be an upset here in you this know, one? This is an interesting one, Joe. One of the old tried and true storylines in wrestling. Is they're fighting over a woman, Joe. Of course. And that's what's happening. There is a woman, you've mentioned her before. Her name is Mandy Rose. Mandy, okay. yes. Go go search for Mandy Rose when yep. you have some time sheltered mm-hmm. in. She's like a fitness model, okay? And so Otis is, uh, you know, he's an overweight guy. He's kind of a slob, but he's a fun-loving guy, right. okay? Dolph Ziggler is this guy who sort of like swooped in on Mandy Rose. There was a story going on for a few months of Otis trying to woo Mandy Rose. And it looked like it was it looked like it was coming to fruition. It right. looked like he like she agreed to go out on a date with him, that sort of thing. And then in Dolph Ziggler swooped in. The way the storyline is going is that um maybe it's Mandy Rose's tag team partner, a woman named uh, Sonya Deville, mm. who is actually trying to be shady. It looks like Mandy Rose may actually have a thing for this big guy, Otis. And like her tag team partner and Dolph are kind of working together to, um, you know, mess with Otis's love affair. And so he is kind of the fan favorite, this guy, Otis. But, you know, the good guys can't always win. Right. You know? And so, yes, in WrestleMania, they do want it to be a fan thing, but I could see them kind of extending this storyline about Otis, you know, kind of the the lovable character not getting the girl. So this one is deservingly either way, and it depends on how WrestleMania wants to go. If they want it to be a a feel-good story, they'll have the guy Otis win. But... You know, sometimes the bad guys have to win and you need something to boo about. And this Absolutely. could be a perfect place where they, you know, they mess with the, the gentle giant, the fun-loving Otis. And somehow, maybe Otis does get the girl in the end, but not by winning the match. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So if I have to bet on the match, Otis may go down, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. yeah hard to believe it's Ziggler's first WrestleMania singles match in, uh, in his career. So... Uh, it'll be interesting to see how he goes, but certainly has played the uh, the heel role pretty yeah. well in this. But exactly, we, you know, we got another very interesting match here uh, coming up with somebody obviously that uh, uh, that we have talked about here and certainly talked about last year. But uh, what about this Becky Lynch yeah. fight here? Who and Becky Lynch, if I'm not mistaken, here is the I'm showing her as the 
underdog here at uh, at plus 140. Yeah. And what do we think about this? And what do you know about, uh, of course, the uh, the favorite in this that's looking to yeah. take her down? Yeah, so uh, last year at this time, Joe, I told you that Becky mm -hmm. Lynch was going to beat Ronda Rousey right. in the championship. I told you that a month out, right? And this is because her star was never as bright, okay? Right. She was the hottest thing. She did, in fact, win the championship at WrestleMania last year. She's been the champion for over a year. Right. Okay. And so the way they're kind of building it now, for lack of a better term, Joe, it's just kind of like the time has come to pass right. the baton. You know what I mean? And, and they are hyping up Shayna Baszler to be this dominant force, you know, almost like a Ronda Rousey or a Brock Lesnar. And Shayna Baszler does have legitimate, Joe, UFC fighting experience. Okay, she was on like that reality show, the mm -hmm. Ultimate Fighter, whatever, yep. and has a relationship with Ronda Rousey, okay? And so a yep. lot of people are just thinking the time has come for Becky to start to give it up, to freshen the division. And I actually think that is what will happen as well. I think Becky drops the belt to Shayna Baszler at WrestleMania. The only open question for me, honestly, Joe, is will Ronda Rousey make a surprise appearance in order to kind of like help it happen? Yep, and that's going to be interesting too because it's. I'm sure they want there's there's a contingency that would love Ronda Rousey to stay relevant and, and in the people's mind. The way so, they do it, Joe, is yep. like she kind of like could interfere, right. and then at like you know SummerSlam, the next huge right. pay per view, right. then Becky can have like the grudge match against Ronda Rousey that's been a year and a half coming, and but without the title being in the picture, you know, this way. Right start to branch out in the storyline. The end game, I'm sure, is to yeah. have that uh, yeah. that Rousey-Lynch uh, rematch of sorts yep. there. Uh, all right, a couple other uh, quick ones here. Why don't we talk about the uh, the WWE Championship with uh, Drew McIntyre, who yeah. a lot of people think is just an absolute slam dunk over yeah. Brock Lesnar, who is at plus that. 225, which obviously yeah. is some uh, some serious value on the card here with, uh, with a pretty big-name guy. Yeah, and Brock is the current champion. Brock at 225 is very interesting. Mm. <sighs> what they do every single time, Joe, is, you know, make you think that this is finally the guy who's going to climb the mountaintop and beat Brock Lesnar. Right. Conventional wisdom is that they finally do it. You know, right. they finally pull the trigger and have someone slay the giant that is Brock Lesnar. I don't know if it's going to happen. I can see in a similar way this idea of passing the baton, like right. I talked about in some other narratives. I just don't know if they want to anoint Drew McIntyre, who is, right. you know, big-time wrestler. You see his physique. He's huge guy, Joe. But I don't know if Vince McMahon thinks that this guy, Drew McIntyre, is ready to yep. kind of be the top dog, you know, to be the John Cena, to be the Rock to be the name on the top of the marquee. You know what I mean? And so this could be another one where everyone hates it, but once again, Brock gets it done. I know everyone thinks that Drew McIntyre is going to do it. I wouldn't bet money on this because I don't put it past Vince to keep the strap on the brand name, especially yep. as we go deeper into these times. So I wouldn't bet that one. Alistair Black, The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, I'm on those. Brock? You know, Brock could keep the belt. And at plus 225, that's interesting to me. The value there. All right, real quick, final one, the NXT yeah. Women's Championship ah. in which Charlotte Flair is really right. at the top of her game. Yeah. And uh, not only 
following the footsteps, shall we say, the, uh, the apple hasn't fallen that far from the tree here, but get <laughs> the favorite here. Rhea Ripley, right. minus 175, uh, going up against Charlotte here. Might there be some value uh, in this fight? No, see, this one is the one where I do think they are framing me to pass the baton and to give Rhea Ripley that kind of stamp of approval. And I think they're setting it up for her to topple the name everyone knows, yep. Charlotte Flair, to kind of have that be a feather in her cap on her resume. Because they do think Rhea Ripley can kind of shoulder the load and be that brand name moving forward. Yeah, I, uh, let's grab your popcorn, guys. It's going to be one hell of a weekend here as uh, WrestleMania will be front and center both Saturday and Sunday. And, of course, uh, give you guys an opportunity, and especially if you haven't watched wrestling, in a while there, it's, uh, it, it's going to be fun to get back in there with names that you know, uh, with a whole lot of names that you probably know and a whole bunch that you haven't uh, already heard of. But it's a good time. It's going to be fun to watch and see how it all works out. Plus, don't forget, you got the horse racing. You got Belarus handball. We've got uh, cricket. We got a little something for everybody still going out. But more importantly, uh, make sure that you guys are, uh, are home, that you're enjoying the, uh, the comforts and Relax. It is the weekend, and uh, kind of take your mind off it. And plus, somebody's going to get tricked. Something's going to happen in the NFL, which we'll have to cover on Monday anyway, Dane. But uh, it does look like it's going to be uh, a beautiful weekend for many, uh, many parts of this country. So just relax, enjoy some WrestleMania, and uh, come back and join us uh, on Monday as Dane and I will get you caught up with everything else that happened over the weekend. Dane, good luck with your plays, brother, and we'll hey. talk to you on Monday, man. Sounds good. We'll be here. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com.